Hey everyone, it's Reese here and welcome back to WSL Pure One Ocean. It's the final week and final episode of our little series on Plastic Free July. We have heard from the founder of the movement, we have heard from activists, and we've heard from surfers, big wave surfer Paige Alms. But there are two perspectives we really wanted to hear still. Firstly, we wanted to hear from a non-Western perspective, particularly someone on the other side of the problem. And secondly, we wanted to hear from the youth, from the youth who are inheriting this problem of plastic pollution. We're lucky that we found both in our new friend, Tara Benning Sandrina. Tara is from Indonesia, specifically the eastern Java city of Surabaya. If you're a surfer and you use Bali as your reference point, it's about 190 miles northwest of Bali on the next major island over, which happens to be the biggest and most populous island. If you want to see what Surabaya looks like and its problem with plastic pollution, it's featured prominently in the film, The Story of Plastic. Uh, we talked about this in episode 32 with Steve Wilson, but Surabaya isn't the story here. It's Tara. Tara is just 17 years old, and she's already started her own organization called River Warrior, which is a group of youth warriors working to save their local river from plastic pollution. They do a lot of incredible work already. It's creative, and I love it. But what's most impressive to me is Tara's positive outlook. For a kid who you know lives in and around so much waste in her natural environment, she just has this bright, positive outlook, and she sees her work as fun, and she lives an inspired, purposeful life, and I love that. We met Tara through our friend Michael Doshi from Algalita Marine Research, and I thought it'd be fun to have them both on the show since they're doing a lot of cool stuff together. So uh, we're looking forward to this episode. Before we get into it, though, be sure to stick around at the end to hear our Plastic Free July tip brought to you by our friends at Hydroflask. Hydroflask wants to hear your best tips for going plastic free. So send us a voice memo with your most creative ideas at oneocean at wcellpure.org. And thank you, Hydroflask, for the support. Really appreciate it. Final one last business item before we get to the show. If you like this show, do us a huge, 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 huge favor and throw us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts. It really helps out the show. All right, let's get into it with Tara and Doshi. Tara, thank you for being on the show. Thanks so much for, for taking time to chat with us. We really appreciate it. Yeah, you're welcome. Thank you for having me. Of course. And Doshi, thank you for coming back on the show. Always, Reese. <laughs> um, listeners might remember Doshi from episode 27, 23. I forget which one it was, but Doshi was on the show and we talked a lot about um, plastic pollution and how it is a bit of a, you know, a, in the COVID times, it's pretty challenging, but then globally, how, how much this touches different communities around the world. And Doshi, you've, uh, you've been to Indonesia and that's where you met Tara and her family and her father, Priggy. And, um, you know, when we were looking for another voice, someone to speak to during plastic free July, you were like, we got to talk to Tara. She's the best. She's the future. So, so here we are. Um, that's the truth. That's the, she not only is the best and is the future, but is one of the lead youth activists in plastic pollution on planet Earth, I believe. Whoa, Tara, that's pretty. That's a pretty big setup for you. Um, but I always like to ask people to introduce themselves. How would you introduce yourself? Maybe, maybe, uh, maybe not as uh, bold as Doshi has, but if you want to go <laughs> for it, um, how, how would you introduce yourself? Yeah, hi, my name is Tara Bening Sandrina. I'm 17 years old, but you can call me Tara. Uh, I started my organization named River Warrior in 2019. 
And our goal is to make Brandas River free from plastic. I love it. I love it. And you're based in Indonesia, yeah? Yes. And I'm going to pull Java. up East Java. So I'm going to pull up um, so people can see who are watching. We'll, we'll kind of dive in. So we've got the map here. Um, so mm -hmm. we're diving in, diving in. These yellow pins are all in Bali. Those are probably cafes that Doshi and I went to <laughs> when we were there a couple of years ago for a coffee. But you're Sounds near right. <laughs> you're near Surabaya, yeah? Is this the area? Yeah. Okay, cool. Yes. And it's a pretty big city, yeah? Yeah. Cool. Yeah, we just kind of want to place you in the uh, in the overall in the overall place. We don't have to stick on the map for too long. But so you're yes. you're based in Indonesia, and you know Indonesia, of course, um, is an incredible place for surfing. I mean, you have waves everywhere. Um, surfers talk about it like it's mecca, um, but also it's known for plastic pollution, unfortunately, and um, yes. it's a really challenging topic. And so. Maybe I thought before we go too deep into your work with River Warrior, we could talk about the story of plastic and how you and Doshi came to know one another, because I think that's an important sort of setup. Um, so maybe, do you want to talk about your family for a second and introduce? Yeah. Because you come from a family of activists, yes? Uh, yes. Um, so maybe I can tell about how did I start. Oh, since my sisters and I were little, our parents always took us when they work. Like both of my parents are environmental activists and they work in their organization called Ecoton. Mm -hmm. So they took us to rivers, forests, and mountains where they do their research. And I remember I often skip school since kindergarten. <laughs> and <laughs> they also took us when they have meetings and demonstration. And yeah, it's pretty cool. And so you've I been met doing Doshi. that since you were a little kid. And how many? Do you have siblings? Yeah, I have two siblings, one older sister and one younger sister. And so since you were a little kid, you were going to these demonstrations and going out and being a part of this work. Yes. That's so tell, cool. Tell us what your sisters do, because I think it's amazing. Yeah, so uh, the three of us, we're all in River Warriors. And my project is with the domestic waste and mismanagement waste in in our city in Gresik and for my older sister she worked on the project of research of microplastic and human feces and for my younger sister Nina she's been writing letters to the world leaders Donald Trump and German counselor about imported plastic waste. Wow and she's how old? She's 12. 12, and she's busy writing letters to the world leaders about <laughs> plastic pollution. It's pretty impressive. Yeah, you should see the photos of her delivering some of those letters in person to the uh, U.S. Embassy, um, the Australian Embassy, uh, to a few different embassies throughout Indonesia. It's pretty amazing. And, and Sophie, her oldest sister, just to go back real quick, in case people didn't hear that, <laughs> the older sister... <laughs> samples and investigates microplastic and human feces wow. so what she's doing is analyzing the plastic consumption through humans and how much is actually passing through our bodies and there's a this blows my mind um there's a cool story real quick there was a massive uh plastics protest in jakarta last year and atiza who's featured in the film who runs the plastic uh what is it a plastic bag diet um, yeah. uh, is that what it's yeah. called? Yeah. Uh, she runs the plastic bag diet movement. She was telling me a story of how Tara's dad, Priggy, 
got up on stage at the protest during a break and he held up a glass jar and he says, we need human feces samples. If anybody wants to give your samples, come behind the stage and we'll collect them. Uh, so that's how hardcore plastic activists this family is. They're amazing. And her younger sister, Nina, um, talk a little bit about, uh, Tara, tell us about the Waste Import Museum that she wants to build. Yeah, so um, the imported waste issue has been a huge news in 2019. And our we live near Bangun Village, the biggest dumps, imported waste dump site. And so uh, my parents, my dad, uh, take us there and we look that the village are full with imported plastic foreign brains and foreign brands and Nina was she wanted to when well she intended to write letter herself then after her news is big she's in the tv she's in the newspaper magazine and she got a lot of donation she wanted to make the imported plastic museum to um, spread the word like educate her friends and everyone about the imported waste in East Jaffa. Yeah, I mean, that's incredible. I, I pulled up some photos for people who are watching and, and for <laughs> listeners just to describe them. You might recognize these from the episode with Doshi, but is this this is where you're talking about, right, Tara? Yes. Yeah, so it's essentially these are the residual plastics from imported waste from Western countries from cardboard recycling, correct? This is kind of the leftover stuff. Is that right, Tara and Doshi? Yeah, Tara, you want to tell a little bit about that, about all the paper factories in the area? Yeah, so uh, Bangun Village is located near the biggest paper mills in East Jaffa. So the paper mills sold the imported waste to the, to the villagers. So the villagers called themselves as plastic farmers. So this is... They I call think themselves the plastic farmers, the villagers do? Yes. Wow. Because they, they're importing the cardboard from Western countries to recycle into paper. Yes. And then yes. they say they're plastic farmers because they have all this other plastic that comes through the process. Is that yes. right? Okay. Mm, so in the pictures, it's the scrap, scrap plastic, right? So the villagers sort the imported plastic. They're recyclable. They sell it to the recycling factory. And the non-recyclable like scraps, they sell it to the tofu factory as a fuel. So, and when you say they sell it as a fuel, they're selling the plastic and then it gets burnt, correct? Yes. Yeah, that's crazy. And then one of the other things I noticed in the film, The Story of Plastic, which we really recommend everyone listen uh, watches, um, the processing of the plastic, the recycling itself, isn't that clean of a process, correct? I mean, it's getting chipped, but it also gets washed. And I'm wondering, so basically for listeners, because we really have to make sure people get it. So you're taking all this scrap plastic, it goes into a machine that is chipping it up into little fragments, right? And then that'll get melted and turned into um, pellets. But before it does, they wa you, that, that the farmers, the plastic farmers wash it all. And all of that wastewater does that go into the rivers? Yes, discharged direct, directly to the river. And is that one of the reasons why you started River River Warrior? Is that yes. part of what you're trying to tackle? 
Yes. Yeah. Um, so let's, why don't you tell us more about River Warrior? I mean, you know, many of our listeners are surfers and, you know, we're ocean beings, but um, all rivers lead to the sea and it's, of course, directly connected. And I think we all hear about these rivers in other countries that are contributing to the problem. But I'd love to hear about your work um, in your region on, on the river to, to try to clean it up. What, what parts of this are Western problems coming over and what parts of them are, are local problems? Yeah, so about River Warrior, I start River Warrior in 2019. At first, I'm joining and a science club. Wait, how old are you? You're 17? I'm 17. So you started it when you were yes. 16. It's incredible. Bravo. Yes. <laughs> Thank you. Sorry to interrupt. Okay, and keep going. It's okay. I joined a science club and we we joined an essay competition and we, we take the theme, uh, the domestic problem in Brantas River. And after the essay competition, I think it's it's going to, it's probably, it will be cool to have a team that focus on plastic pollution in Brantas River. So we started four members. At first we just uh, campaigning in school, like uh, stop, stop using single-use plastic in school and stuff. But then we started to uh, survey, survey, like collecting data by doing surveys and observation and research with river cleanups and river monitoring and brand audits. And recently we're doing a microplastic research with Ecotone. We're taking eight water samples and we found one to 41 particle per liter and 72% fish in Brantas found microplastic in their stomach. Wait, hang on. So I want to make sure that we don't run those numbers too quickly for listeners. So yeah. 72% of fish in the river have plastic in their stomach? Yes. Wow. That's and a Reese, really high percentage. Real quick, um, Tara, how, how many people use that river as a natural water source? Yeah, so, okay, Brandes River is the biggest river in East Java and five million, more than 5 million people in three cities drink from, from, from the river. Like it's the water source for the local water company. So this is a very important body of water to Indonesia, to East Java. Yes. And 72% of the fish have plastic in them. What was the yes, other stat that you crazy. said? What was the previous one? Uh, we found one to 41 particles of microplastic per liter. 141 particles per liter? One to 41. One to 41. One to 41. Yes. 1,241. No, 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 no. Uh, oh. Can you give an expo a science explanation of that, Tara? Can you, can you Sorry, tell listeners what that means? No, it's all right. <laughs> well, one, we found one to 41. I mean, like, so one parts, slash 41 it's parts per liter um yes yeah so it's like you, you when you look at different scientific measurements you can have like parts per million sure um which might be used when people are talking about uh ingredients that are in sunscreen for example that might harm coral reef that's where you hear yeah. a lot um so that's uh, uh in regards to sampling microplastics that's like the measurement they're using to be able to put into the research paper so one um, part per 41 liters uh one uh 42 okay so 1 to 41 <laughs> per liter so is that 42 microplastics per liter of water correct yes ah yeah. okay cool we figured out the math 
dummy Americans can't do math. <laughs> no. no, if you don't deal with this stuff, it's hard. Yeah, uh, yeah. I, and I don't even know if I fully have a full understanding of it all uh, myself. So talking to researchers like Tara and, and her dad or, and her mom, it's a really important connection for people like me to have as well. Well, um, I mean, that feels like a high enough ratio to be to have a human impact, that there is a very likely chance if there are 5 million people who use this river that they are ingesting microplastics in that water in some way or that through the fish they're eating out of that river that they're ingesting that. Is that fair? Yeah, and, and to, uh, just to chime in a little bit, when I was in East Java um, with, uh, with the Ecoton family, we went to the Brontas River and we saw the pollution. I saw people fishing downstream from where plastic that we can get, I want, I want uh, Tara to talk about this, but where plastic diapers were polluting the riverway. People were just fishing right down from it. And actually that's how I got connected um, with uh, Tara as a youth activist was her, her dad started a, um, a little fraction of Ecoton called the Diaper Brigade, where they were focusing on diaper pollution in the Brontas River. And we, Algalita Marine Research and Education, where I work, we host the International Youth Summit on Plastic Pollution every year. And I really wanted to get Priggy over to uh, be featured as a presenter, talk about his experience with Ecoton. And knowing the whole family, uh, I said, hey, we got to bring one of your daughters over. Who do you want to bring? And, and Priggy was like, we're bringing, I'm, I'm bringing, over, uh, bringing over Tara with, with me. And that's how I got introduced to, to her really as the river warrior with her projects. Um, so do you, uh, so they, they flew over in February for our international youth summit and it really blew my mind at how good of a presenter um, Tara is on the issues they're working with. Um, I would love to hear you talk a little bit about the diaper pollution since we were just kind of covering that a bit. Could you, could you fill everybody in on, on what that is and what the, the whole local superstition is on why diapers are getting polluted in the river in the first place? Yeah, so uh, the inorganic waste composition in Brandas is 48% diapers. <laughs> it's, yeah, mostly diapers because um, we, people here, we don't have trash bin and we don't have the waste collection facilities, but we also, the, mostly people still believe in traditional myth that said it is better to throw baby diapers to the river or it's uh, more like uh, don't burn your baby diaper or the baby will get sick. Throw it to the river, then the baby will stay calm and cool. So the fire, uh, so just to give a little more context there, if you burn the baby's diaper, they might get a rash, as like the, the heat yes. is going to give them a rash. But if you put the diaper in the water, the water's nice and cool and, and calming. But this uh, so is after it's been worn, like just to, to clarify for people. So the baby wears the diaper, uses the diaper, but it's in the disposal of the diaper. They're, the people believe that if they burn it, that, that that fire will somehow transfer to the baby and they will get a rash? <laughs> yes. Okay. And do you know where that comes from? Like where, where might that myth come? Is there is there a reason that people might believe that? Well... It's, it's a traditional myth. It's going on for so long. Well, it used to be not a single-use diapers, but since we're used to the single-use diapers, so it's, it's turned to single-use diapers. Ah, uh, okay. 
And so I have a photo for people watching. This is this is sent through, right? Is this part of the diaper brigade and the work to, yes. to clean it up? So these are it's, it's the team. Yeah. So I mean, people are wearing masks and you know, essentially like a Tyvek suit to protect themselves, but they're in a pile of diapers. And is this so? This would be like one family would dump all of them at once, or is this like a, a little community? Might this is the place that they throw them? Yeah, well, people used to use the, this is in the bridge. People people are getting used to throwing their trash to the river. Some, it's usually a bag full of diapers. Just gotcha. Throw it to the river. They throw a whole yeah. bag over. So Reese, yes. it's like they literally roll up on motorbikes and they just stop and toss the bag over. And what you were seeing in that photo there with the hazmat suits and the gas masks, they don't actually need that stuff but Tara's dad is such a kind of a marketing activist genius. They dress up like that to draw media attention. Oh, interesting. So when, they, when they do those stunts, what they're doing is they're calling to get reporters there, to get journalists there. They pull up a bunch of the diapers. They're wearing their hazmat suits. They might stop traffic, have a few of their friends dressed up as mermaids, uh, have the mermaids <laughs> lay in the street like they're swimming in, in diaper pollution. So. That's part of what Diaper Brigade is doing is, and, and what Ecoton and River Warrior does a lot of is creating these stunts to, to draw attention to the issue um, in the mass media. And, and what's really cool um, is now seeing that uh, Tara is starting to lead some of these actions, like the, the recent sachet, um, part of the sachet research y'all were a part of. I saw you with the horn walking down the street <laughs> leading the yeah. protest Can to you tell us a about that? corporation. Sorry, Doshi. Can you tell us no. about that, Tara? Well, yeah. So about the sachet pollution, people here prefer to buy everything they need in sachet form because it's mm-hmm. cheaper. And the company is want they want the big profit, and they they don't, uh, you know, they they're not responsible for the sachet that polluting the river. So the sachets well, are the plastic packages that often um, products come in single use right or smaller use and the theory from the big brands is that um you know indonesian people can't afford to buy in bulk so we're going to put it in smaller packages it's a single use um kind of a multi-layer yeah Yeah, multi-layer yeah so it can't easily be recycled correct no no yeah well because it's multi-layer they're not non-recyclable right okay and so so we we do a brand audit and the result is there's top three. The top three is Wing Surya, Indofood, and Unilever. We so you do... know which brands are selling the most product in your area in and this method. Yes. Same thing for the diapers as well, Reese. So that's where you saw in that photo, they were holding up um, one of the packages that had the brand name. Yep. So what they're trying to do with these actions is not just raise awareness, but do the brand audit where... Uh, if you ever do a beach cleanup here in America with Surfrider Foundation or Heal the Bay or Greenpeace or whoever it might be, um, they might be counting the amount of uh, cigarette butts, the amount of straws, the sure. amount of water bottles. Uh, so that's more like a product audit. With the brand audit, you're actually capturing the brand's names. Uh, so then NGOs um, can try to hold these brands accountable and report it back to them. Um, and so they were doing that with the diapers as well. And and correct me if I'm wrong, uh, Tara, but isn't a Japanese brand one of the the major polluters with their diapers? Yes. Okay. What's their name the again? Biggest, Mami Poco, but the company name is Unicharm. Unicharm, yeah. 
So what they're trying to do with a lot of that is, is they want to hold Unicharm responsible for making the single use item that they know is being polluted and they're having no type of uh, disposal system set up for them. Um, so Ecoton is, is pushing forward with this research they're doing. Uh, they have demands for every action item they do, uh, action they do, they have a list of demands that they also send with the, the information that they've collected to that brand. And I think that's really a really strong uh, part of what their activism work is that they do. For sure, super smart. So, um, so Tara, you know, we're talking about plastic. So, let's get back to the Diaper Brigade and or or your role in that work, because I want to hear more about River Warrior, and then I want to talk about how this comes back to your trip to the U.S. So, what are you doing um, in Indonesia through River Warrior to address this problem? About the diaper? Yes. Well, can you repeat the oh, question? Oh, sorry. <laughs> yeah, what, what, what is River Warrior doing about that problem, about the diaper problem? Or is that only Ecoton work or is that your work? Both of us. Like, yeah. Yeah, we're below the Ecoton. <laughs> so our, we do the diapers brigade. We do river cleanup in the diapers brand audit. And then we send the letter to the uh, company. Mm -hmm. But then we also do, for me, well, I'm mostly um, doing approach to uh, the same age as mine. Like I yep. do campaign in school, like, and in my community, like I sell clothes, clothes, men's bed in my school, and also a clothes diapers in my community. So you're selling cloth diapers, reusable cloth diapers and reusable cloth um, menstruation pads to people, to peers in your school so that they don't have yes. to use those products. That's amazing. Yes. That's so great. So, you know, you're doing this work in Indonesia, you end up meeting Doshi and um, your dad is coming over to the US and you get to come along for this trip. Um, was it your first trip to America? Yes, it's my first trip, and it's very cool. <laughs> <laughs> you you enjoyed yourself. You liked it. You came to California and had fun. Yeah, that's awesome. It's um, amazing. We have some fun photos of your trip that Doshi sent us, um, thankfully. But one thing that I thought was really interesting um, was that this story of you know I think Doshi, you had this moment where you were going through the trash over there, and it was kind of new to you, but seeing the brands that are American brands and, and in the story of plastic, um, you know, your father even uh, at one point is picking up different items and saying, this is from the UK, this is from Australia, this is from New Zealand, this is America. Um, so was it weird to come here and see some of those products on the store shelves? Yeah, Doshi, Doshi took me to the supermarket, like Target and French Market, I think. We went to a lot of markets. Yeah. Um, yeah. I actually have a good story about this. Um, we were, <laughs> yeah, so so we, the the night after they arrived, we were getting prepped to head down to our International Youth Summit in Dana Point. And there was a crew of us that was going to sail down on Captain Charles Moore's research vessel, the El Guito, which is the research vessel that discovered the Great Pacific Garbage Patch. So we needed to gear up with some supplies and food for lunch. I took them to Whole Foods um, to, to get some food. And no more than 20 steps after we walked in, on the end cap of one of the shelves, they saw product packaging. 
I think it was chickpeas or something um, that they see in Gresik and in the surrounding area in the garbage, in, in the whole garbage piles out in the open. So they ran up to it, started taking photos and, and one of the Whole Foods employees who was stocking shelves just kind of looked over at him and stopped working because he was like, what are these people doing just taking photos with all these plastic packages? So I had to educate him on the spot about, about what's going on. And his mind was blown that something that he's stocking shelves with might end up on the other side of the world. Yeah, so that, here's this guy that, whose everyday job is stocking yeah. shelves and he's thinking that it's going through recycling, but really this is ending up possibly exactly. in Indonesia or China or another country. Wow. Exactly. So then we started running around to different pharmacies, uh, CVS, Smart Final, uh, uh, Ralph's, a bunch of different places. And the whole trip, they were hunting for Uncle Ben because they keep finding <laughs> Uncle true. Ben's rights packages. So this photo <laughs> that you're seeing here, um, I think it was in a Ralph's here in Los Angeles and they finally yes. met Uncle Ben. <laughs> that's too funny so the, the the photo we're showing is priggy and tara and holding uncle ben's ready rice and so these are these are packages that you see readily in in your area right tara yeah so what is that so, how does that make you feel when you when you think about that i was surprised actually well when i when i um came to the whole market i was just looking around and like I think I saw this somewhere, and yes, the even in the milk shelf, there was a almond milk. I saw that too. I saw this packaging. I saw this packaging, and I'm and I'm like, wow, it's it's crazy, right? How come it's five fifteen thousand miles away from Indonesia, and they came to my backyard? How is that possible? Yeah, and. <laughs> And have you ever known anything, any other, have you ever known it any other way? I mean, you're only 17 years old. So has, have you seen an increase in plastic in your neighborhood or has it always been that way? Well, it's, it's increasing. Yeah. Increasing. Yes. But, but have you ever, to... do you remember a time when it, when there wasn't that much plastic in your neighborhood? Well, of course really? when, when i was yeah when i was in kindergarten and elementary mm -hmm. so my house is in front of my house is a river when i was kindergarten and elementary school i used to swim in the river and but now i i, I never wanted to swim because mm -hmm. there's a lot of plastic floating and i remember i used to go to uh Bowen village i think years years ago and it's not not much plastic as it is last year. And so you've you've always seen so you got to swim in the river when you were young, but even going to the village when you were a kid, uh, you used to see plastic there when you were when when you were young, right? And now it's gotten worse. So it's a it's like a shifting baseline that you're experiencing. Um, so it's, it's getting worse now. And now I think, uh, or it was getting worse, um, a few years ago through 2019 and didn't the Indonesian government recently come up with new regulations for contamination rates for, for plastic waste imports. Do you know about that? Yes. Well, after, after it become a huge news, our president said that the plastic that came into Indonesia will be limited. So um what, what 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 wait so yeah a few containers from australia and us even returned to their 
countries and i think right now my my dad said 90% of the imported plastic is decreasing it's decreasing okay that's well, good that's positive yeah that's fantastic so i mean i feel oh, like the unsorted the unsorted waste paper import the is 90% decreasing okay. the waste paper imports are de decreasing okay gotcha i feel like so many of us i i know friends you know i when i was in bali i um toured a subak and got to see kind of the way that the the trash flowed down that river you know out to a river mouth right near a surf break and i shared that with friends here and they were blown away by it and when doshi came back from his trip i know he was kind of overwhelmed and really feeling it, it was heavy. It was kind of like, oh man, this is crazy. Like to think that our waste here in this country that we think that we've recycled um, is now being shipped off somewhere else and is maybe causing harm somewhere else. And so it can feel overwhelming, but you seem to still have this really positive attitude about it. Like you're making change, you're making progress and you have a positive attitude. I'm, I'm curious, where does that come from? Like, how do you, how do you maintain that positive attitude in the face of, um, this challenge? Well, actually, I, I remember my father said to me that I have to care about the problems around me and do something to fix it. So I have to, he said that I have to dare to be different. Like, don't be normal. He said that to me, don't be normal and lead others lead other people to join. So, well, since I was little, I see how my parents work protecting the environment. So I think I have this, this uh, mind that um, I wanted to, I want to be like my parents, like, well, the environment, everyone has a right for the healthy environment. And if we keep, you know, um, if we keep exploiting the environment right now, we, the young generation, will felt will felt the impact in the future. So I think I have to do something for it, right? That's such an incredible outlook. That's so cool. Your dad uh, instilled that that value in you and your siblings. I mean, um, you're inspiring me right now, <laughs> and so so that's a, that's a incredible. Um, when you think about what's next for River Warrior and what's next for you. Um, where do you want to take the organization? Um, you know, how do you see your project growing? Um, yeah, what are you looking forward to? I'm well. I'm looking forward to our project. That um, to well, my news project is well. Wait, wait. Sorry, sorry, sorry. <laughs> uh, well, I have a project to push the government to make a regulation to ban single-use plastic in our city in Gresik. So we have been start collecting petition and I have sent a letter to my region. So I hope in the future that my city Gresik have that regulation. So that would be a ban on single use plastics, you said? Yes, and I hope, you know, Brantas River can be a clean river like it used to be when I was in kindergarten when I swim in the river I want to swim in the river again <laughs> that's a that's a nice clear goal to be able to swim in your river again I, I'm sharing for people watching this is your petition yeah yes yeah this so there, there's the a petition 
This is the microplastic petition, and this is yes. on change.org, and uh, we can link to this with the show so that people can see it and sign it. I've signed it, so I'm supporting yeah, from, from over here, of course. Uh, it's, <laughs> it's the littlest thing that I can do. Um, I think the most important thing I can do is reduce you know, my use of plastic here, of course, and that's why we're talking about it during Plastic Free July, and that's what probably everybody can do. Um, but that's really exciting. I want to highlight something here. And, and what I think uh, uh, Tara is really good at doing is connecting with people from around the world. And when she was over here at our youth summit, she really made an international connection uh, with people across the world and, and even here in the U.S. And when her and her dad were here in the U.S., an opportunity came up, uh, a grant opportunity through the U.S. Embassy in Jakarta for U.S.-Indonesian collaboration, for, for NGOs specifically. Uh, so we're actually in the midst right now of creating a proposal that would be, uh, there's five partners involved, five partner organizations, Ecoton, Algalita, Peak Plastic Foundation, which is Steve Wilson, who's the executive producer of the story of plastic, Tejas, who was featured in the story of plastic, and the Environmental Justice High School they work with for high school, we're all working to create a proposal that would be a virtual youth summit, a virtual Indonesian youth summit. Uh, since we can't do things in per person during COVID, we're trying to get creative. So that would be having keynote speakers from around the world educate Indonesian youth and try to make it as regionally specific of an education while viewing plastic pollution through a global lens. And that's where we bring in the environmental justice uh, groups um, who are frontline fence line communities uh, around extraction, fossil fuel extraction, and petrochemical buildout in the Houston, Texas area to have their youth help to work with the Indonesian youth to create a video project to educate people on a broader scale. So there's these cross multinational, multicultural uh, cross collaboration projects uh, that Tara is dipping her hands into uh, at full speed, which I think is awesome. So cool. You're organizing youth from all over the world, Tara. Yeah, thank and, you. And tell them about, you want to tell them a little bit about Narnar since you got him in the, the, the video here? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> so Narnar is my new friend right now. He's been, I've been taking him when we went to plastic hunting. You know, we usually go around, around our city and we taking pictures of uh, places that are so many plastic. And yeah, I'm taking him with me. And Narnar is a stuffed octopus for people who are listening uh, with sunglasses that Doshi, or AKA the gnarly beach cleaner has um, uh, breathed into the world. And he travels to various parts of the world, um, raising awareness for plastic pollution. He's been in the UK with Surfers Against Sewage. He's been to Indonesia. Um, so it's pretty cool. It makes me think though, um, Tara, we have to remember you're 17. Like you, you are a child, you, you know, you're a teen. Do you get to have fun? Do you, like do you do you have a life outside of your activism? Because I know that for a lot of us in this space, this is personally what we really care about. But it also becomes our work, and that can be a lot. So, do you have some other activity, or is this everything for you? Well, I think doing this is fun because I also do it with my sisters and my friends. Well, my friends is also in River Warrior, so it's fun that we. We're boating in the river and we're like, yeah, we're observing together and we're, we're just having fun. Like I do this work, not, I think, I mean, not forced. It's fun. Yes, I just do it. 
Well, I think outside outside of a warrior, I also I yeah, I'm just an ordinary ordinary teen. I also go cycling. I also doing something that not too important. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's good that you have another outlet that's fun, and it's amazing that you also think that it's fun. And you know, who better than being with Doshi, who is always about staying staying stoked? And we have the photo up here um, from when you were here in California with your dad. Your dad dressed up as Doctor Dude. You got um, you got the boys uh, from the uh, um, the road Shrew trip, trip, the yeah. road trip, so to speak, um, and Doshi, and everyone's throwing shakas, which you know we do when we're stoked. So um, it's there's amazing. a good story behind this photo, Reese. Uh, <laughs> I'm sure I'm sure there is a good one. Um, we're gonna have to save it for another episode. Um, but I just I, I love it, Tara. I think that. Um, it's awesome that you're still that one, you find so much fun in this work and two, that you, um, you know, really, uh, enjoy what you do and, uh, are having an impact locally, but also globally. I think it's really awesome. And I'm, I'm grateful to you for your work and I'm grateful to Doshi for, uh, for bringing you to us and raising awareness about what you're doing. Hashtag make it fun movement. You got it. <laughs> <laughs> Nailed it. Is there anything else that you want to share, um, with our listeners before we go? Maybe message or like closing statement. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. I actually write, <laughs> write it. Please share. It's okay. Yeah. yeah. I write, okay. So yesterday we celebrate National Children's Day in Indonesia and every child has a right for a healthy environment. We, the young generation who will feel the impact in the future, if now we still continue to damaging our environment and not caring about the problems around us. So I hope for all the young generation, let's fight for our rights and do what we need to do to protect our environment. Spread your knowledge to your friends and family, use your social media and lead others to join. And remember, plastic need thousand years to degrade it. So look for another way to replace plastic, quit using single use. And my hope for our government is Please see the problem in Brantas River as a serious problem. No one wants to drink dirty water that contains microplastic and make a regulation that protect and benefit the environment. And for the developed countries who send their waste to Indonesia, take care of your waste. We, Indonesian, is the second largest polluter to world's ocean. We have our own problem. Don't add more. Don't send your plastic to us. We don't need it. And take back your trash from Indonesia. That was amazing. You're, you're the first guest to ever come prepared with a closing statement. And that was super <laughs> powerful. And really, I, I love it. I love it. I love it. I love it. I love the work that you're doing. I love how on it you are. I love your attitude about it. I'm really excited. Uh, Tara, I hope to meet you in person someday. Um, yes. If I ever make it back to Indonesia or if you come back over this way. You're currently, um, and mind you, we should inform the listeners, you're currently quarantining because of COVID, you're on day five of, of COVID, right? Yes, you, I got COVID. You're so strong. <laughs> I wouldn't be doing an interview if I if I was sick. But so thank you so much for for being on the show, Doshi. Do you have anything you wanted to, to add? I say it to her all the time, but Tara, you're the coolest young person I know. <laughs> like seriously, yeah, of course. I, I'm very impressed with all the work that you're doing and. You're an inspiration, not just to young people, but to adults as well. And your whole family is an inspiration. And I can't wait to continue working with you. I, uh, Reese, uh, Tara and I both know we're colleagues in this uh, together. So 
uh, I'm not just an adult. She's not just a youth activist. It's like we're, we're colleagues. We're working very closely together. So we're always trying to keep each other stay, uh, stoked. So that's my message is, is always make it fun and always stay stoked no matter where you are in the world. I love it. It's a great way to, to wrap things up. Thank you both for coming on the show for the work that you do. Yeah, um, and uh, yeah, we'll, uh, we'll talk again soon. Thank you, Reese. Thank you, Reese. There you have it. Tara's fighting for her rights. I love it. Thank you, Tara, for an inspiring conversation and Doshi for helping bring it all together. Check the show notes for links to their respective work. Follow along at River Warrior, and I expect big things out of Tara. She's got a bright future ahead of her. Be sure to stick around at the end for a great tip on how to go plastic-free. All the way from Rockaway Beach, New York. Shout out, Rockaway. We see you. And thanks to our friends at Hydroflask for supporting. Um, They're reminding listeners to hashtag refill for good, and their tips to go plastic-free are to, one, skip plastic bottles with a great reusable bottle. That's a solid one. Ditch plastic clamshells and three stand up to single use straws. I didn't even say two. I just said one and three, but you know that there's three things there. Uh, what are your favorite plastic free tips? Send them our way. Get creative. I love this week's. It is very creative. Um, send it our way in a voice memo to oneocean at wslpure.org and maybe we'll feature it in a future episode. Of course, thank you for listening. If you like this episode, do us a huge, 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 huge favor and throw us a rating and a review on Apple Podcasts. It really helps the show. And uh, if you've got feedback or ideas, people you want to hear from, things that you want us to cover, send us an email or find us online at WSLPure. Hit our website at WSLPure.org. And uh, we've got a newsletter to subscribe to there if you want to follow along and get next month's newsletter in your inbox. All right. Finishing up this week with a stellar plastic free tip from Rockaway Beach from our friend Burgers. Uh, And yes, this person did identify themselves as Burgers. See you next week. Hi, this is Burgers calling in from Rockaway Beach, New York. And my best tip for reducing plastic pollution is to get creative with reusing plastic products that have already served their original purpose. I like to reuse surf leashes where the Velcro is no longer reliable as a clothesline to dry laundry on, and I am regularly gifting cookies in what were originally sour cream and yogurt containers.